The following program contains views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the host DJ and their guests, and are not reflective of the views of WRFL or its underwriters. For questions, comments, or concerns, please email programming at wrfl.fm. Hello, and welcome to Lex Talk, a show about Lexington, Kentucky, and what makes it unique. My name is Bree, and today I'll be talking with Christian Phillips, the event manager for Kentucky for Kentucky, a store in Lexington that specializes in Kentucky quirky paraphernalia. And today we're going to be talking about possibly the oddest, most intriguing item in their store, a well-known resident of Lexington, Kentucky, a stuffed bear affectionately referred to as cocaine bear. Um, He's in the background of the Zoom shot behind Christian there. So thank you, Christian, for coming on the show, and thank you, Cocaine Bear, as well. Of course. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, had to make sure we got Cocaine Bear in here uh, just for good measure. Really, you know, going to be with us here in person and in spirit. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so when I was talking about starting the show and I put out some polls on my social media to see what people wanted to talk about, um, Cocaine Bear was definitely the most requested <laughs> guest for the show. Um, So just to start us off, I'm going to read a little blurb from the New York Times in 1980 to give a background about Cocaine Bear and why he is so famous. So the New York Times, 1980, Blue Ridge, Georgia, December 22nd. A 175-pound black bear apparently died of an overdose of cocaine after discovering a batch of the drug, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said today. The cocaine was apparently dropped from a plane piloted by Andrew Thornton a convicted drug smuggler who died September 11th in Knoxville, Tennessee, because he was carrying too heavy a load while parachuting. The Bureau said that the bear was found Friday in northern Georgia among 40 opened plastic containers with traces of cocaine. End quote. Crazy story. When I called Kentucky... Absolutely, yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. When I called Kentucky for Kentucky to see if anyone could chat about Cocaine Bear, I was referred to you. So what is your connection to Cocaine Bear? Um, Well, I've been working here for about three years, um, and I've been a customer of Kentucky for Kentucky since well before then. Uh, I was just always fascinated with the bear. Um, When I went on and started doing events, a lot of people have questions about the cocaine bear. So really, I just got super involved in the story, super involved in like doing research, got to talk to some really interesting people about him, um, got to learn even more about him as kind of time went on. I met people um, and all like different music festivals and different street events and everything. Very cool. I know that he's colloquially known, colloquially known as Cocaine Bear, um, but does he have any other names? It feels almost, almost <laughs> rude to continue calling him Cocaine Bear. Um, yeah, he's got a couple. Uh, we call him Pablo Escobar. We call him Cocaine Bear. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of other nicknames, but those are the two mainstays. It's Cocaine Bear, Pablo Escobar, and Cokie the Bear. Mm -hmm. So it's a long story about how it all went down and um, how Kentucky for Kentucky ended up with a stuffed bear who ingested millions of dollars of cocaine. Um, And it's excellently written about on the Kentucky for Kentucky webpage. Um, Have an excellent story about it on there. Um, But what is uh, what is your version of events? How did a black bear minding his own business in Georgia end up ingesting 15 million worth of cocaine? 
Uh, you know, it's you could go into the whole bluegrass conspiracy about it. Uh, but a shortened version is is that there was a group of people and they were uh, hustling cocaine up to um, kind of the Appalachian regions. And uh, one of the planes, of course, was a little bit weighed down with its load. The load was tossed out of the airplane. Uh, Andrew Thornton hopped out of the plane um, with a parachute, with money, guns, drugs, the whole nine. Um, the load of cocaine landed inside the Chattahoochee Forest and I guess ended up right on Cocaine Bear's front door. Um, it was kind of just one of those things where... I don't think that they expected it. It was kind of one of the things that they let the triad, the group of individuals that were involved in the drug trade. It was something, one of the things where they would just fly the planes low and they would uh, crash. So it was just like, oh, mechanical error, whatever. And most people didn't really notice. Um, but I guess Cocaine Bear noticed. And he yeah. definitely found his, uh, he found the stash. Yeah, it's honestly tragic. I mean, he was just minding his own business. And then there's this package falling from the sky yeah you know bears are really curious he probably just saw it and was like oh well this looks new this looks exciting and it was new and exciting i'm sure for just a couple of brief minutes yeah i'm so sure so as we mentioned he was in georgia in the chattahoochee national forest how did he end up in kentucky um so the owners of this company, they were really interested in his story. Cocaine Bear has been through a couple of different people's hands. He was owned by Waylon Jennings there for a little while. Crazy. He kept in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what he got to see. Um, so they were really interested in the bear. It kind of came up for auction. They, they ran down and got him. Uh, he was located in Florida at the time. Um, so once they got him, it became like this kind of like fascination because it, it's important to the Kentucky history as well. Like this is something that not a lot of people know about in the grand scheme of like us American history, but it's really important to Kentucky history and more or less Lexington as well. The bluegrass conspiracy, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It ties into that. Um, you know, the, it's kind of like the Cornbread Mafia, the triad here in Lexington, uh, the whole Bluegrass and Spears. Sorry, the Cornbread Mafia? I have not heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> Would you mind elucidating that for the listeners? Yeah, for sure. So it was a group of individuals that were located more in like eastern Kentucky and um, western West Virginia, uh, just the Appalachian region, just as we kind of understand it to be. And it was a group of individuals that post um, prohibition, they didn't really have a way to make money because they were moonshiners before. Um, so they got involved in the drug trade um, and it seemed to be a lot more lucrative for them to kind of like keep the money that they made from the prohibition um, and, and moonshining to kind of transfer that over to something else where they could keep making money, keep their money and keep kind of moving forward as a, the enterprise that they were. Got it. And they are unrelated to Andrew Thornton. Maybe it would be good to go back a bit and explain a, a brief a brief overview sure. of the Bluegrass Conspiracy and sure. the $15 million of cocaine that fell from a plane. Yeah. Um, so Andrew Thornton was a police officer in Lexington, Kentucky. He um, kind of had a really excellent track record, actually. He was in the military. Um, he had worked for a couple of uh, different three-letter agencies. Um, and his father was, a, was uh, a government. He was someone involved in Kentucky government. 
um, which is a part of the conspiracy that this was kind of all swept under the rug and no one really ever noticed it because of the people in positions of power that they were. Um, so Andrew Thornton found it very lucrative to be involved inside of this trade. He had kind of worked, you know, with the CIA and FBI. So he knew kind of how the system would work. Um, and he would essentially get planes, fly them down um, to the Gulf area, get the cocaine, fly it back up. And their whole plan was, was, hey, you know, we're going to push these, this, these drugs just out of the plane, put, it, you know, put them on a crate and, or in a crate on a pallet, little parachute, toss it out. It's going to land on the ground. Someone's going to come and grab those, take them away. And then we're going to jump out of the plane and we're just going to let this plane run out of fuel. So when it wrecks, we're not risking a fire and for it really to be noticed. And it's going to land in the middle of nowhere. No one's going to know about it. Um, and this is, you know, something that led to uh, a lot of, you know, the induction of drugs kind of around in this area. Um, and it was just incredibly lucrative, not just for Andrew Thornton, but the triad, which was kind of the group of individuals that were facilitating this trade. And that kind of does tie into the cornbread mafia a little bit because it all kind of is like a, a similar network of people who were essentially sweeping a lot of these things under the rug. Got it. It makes me wonder what's going on in Lexington today, if anything, regarding <laughs> drug trades. And whether in 20 years, somebody will have a podcast and they will be discussing the next conspiracy, because <laughs> I'm sure that was not common knowledge at the time. No, I mean, it really wasn't and still isn't common knowledge. It's not something that a lot of people talk about anymore. I mean, it was probably big headlines when kind of, you know, um, they found the bear in the Chattahoochee and then they also found Andrew Thornton's body um, in, in Tennessee. The, it was really weird how everything was kind of connecting. And that was really how it all kind of like came to be and to be understood. You know, they sampled the drugs that Andrew Thornton had on his body and it matched the cocaine that was in the bear's stomach as well. So it was this whole connecting of the dots and like, oh, there's something really serious going on here. That sounds like a TV episode of some crime show. <laughs> sure, it was exciting yes, uh, to be, yeah, yeah, exciting to be on that force. Um, so, as you said, it's not necessarily common knowledge. Um, I personally had no idea about any of this until around Christmas 2018, when I was mm -hmm. just looking for Christmas gifts and came into Kentucky for Kentucky, and there was the stuffed bear, and uh, had a plaque next to it said "Cocaine Bear." I was, I feel weird about taxidermied animals in general, um, mm -hmm. because, you know, is it, is it irreverent? Um, you know, if people have shot it for simply a trophy, I'm kind of yeah. against that. Um, but this was different because cocaine bear died, not of natural causes, but uh, was already dead when they found it. And then somebody decided that it would make a good taxidermied animal. Um, do you know anything about how cocaine bear actually actually ended up taxidermied sure yeah so um what's really cool about it is that um he was he was taxidermied to be put inside of like an exhibit um just you know a uh the chattahoochee forest like nature exhibit right so he um he stayed there for a while, but then kind of, you know, hearsay gets out like, oh, this bear's history. And so that's when he was purchased um, and sent out to Vegas and was um, held on to 
by Waylon Jennings and, you know, exchanged through a couple of other hands. One, he ended up in Florida. So he, he was used as kind really of an traveled. example of just, oh yeah, he's been all around the U.S. for sure. He's way more traveled um, than I yeah. am. <laughs> um, real quick, can we take a break? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, I'll be right back. Okay. Sorry about this. Okay. No worries. We'll come back in a little bit to hear more. Christian is in the Kentucky for Kentucky shop at the moment for those listening. So it will take some occasional breaks to go and deal with some customers. But when we come back, we will hear more about Cocaine Bear's history and how it ended up in Kentucky for Kentucky. Welcome back to WRFL Lexington. This is Lex Talk. And today I am talking with Christian Phillips from Kentucky for Kentucky about Cocaine Bear, one of the most popular suggestions for this show. Um, so to set the scene for anybody who's tuned in just now, it's 1985 and there's a sweet little black bear ambling through Georgia's Chattahoochee National Forest. Suddenly some mysterious packages fall from the sky and not one to miss up a potential meal. The black bear devours these packages, which turns out to be $15 million worth of cocaine. Later, this bear is taxidermied, um, gets sent to Las Vegas, as we talked about, ends up back in Lex Vegas eventually. Um, and there's a couple gaps in between <laughs> how Cocaine Bear got from there to here. So would you mind telling us a little bit, Christian, about how Kentucky for Kentucky ended up with Cocaine Bear and what led to them being interested in tracking Cocaine Bear down? Uh, really, it was just his kind of like iconic connection to Lexington history and just um just like kind of this undercurrent of what we kind of know like Kentucky and Lexington to be. Um, they ended up tracking him down in Florida. He was um, owned by a fellow. He was a, um, he was like a pharmacist, like an herbalist. And he was just, you know, fascinated by the bear. He owned the bear for a long time. His wife absolutely could not stand it, wanted him to get rid of it, wanted mm -hmm. to get rid of it. Um, eventually, and sadly, he passed away and his wife put the bear in storage. The bear sat there for a little while and it kind of went up for auction. Once it came up for auction, the owners of this company were like, we have to get this bear. Like they'd had their eyes on it. It was kind of just, uh, it was just one of those things like not a lot of people know about, but they knew about it. And they're like, more people need to know about this. And plus it's just like the idea of a bear that ate a bunch of cocaine and died. It's kind of like in a dark way, it's kind of like, you know, the ultimate party animal. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of incorporate that into our brand one to kind of like raise awareness. One of the things that we use kind of his platform for is like, uh, don't do drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like, you know, the dare program slogan. Um, it's also a part of like raising awareness, like, you know, this stuff led to one, you know, a tragedy for the bear, but who knows how many tragedies just in the Lexington area and surrounding areas. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you guys focus on that side of it as well, because mm -hmm. as I said, when I first saw the bear, initially I was like, oh, this is irreverent because I saw somebody yeah. put uh, <laughs> snow in his nose. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And it's, it's funny while also being tragic at the same time. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the fascination, um, but definitely, definitely a tragic sure. story. I mean, Andrew Thornton ended up dying and Cocaine Bear ended up dying. So there's two casualties that we know about. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I guess I'm glad that there's some humor and good to come from it. 
Why do you think yeah. people are so fascinated with Cocaine Bear? And do you receive a lot of visitors specifically to see Cocaine Bear at Kentucky for Kentucky? Yeah. Um, so I think part of the fascination is just the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when a lot of times, you know, it's better to look at some situations through the lens of humor. You know, that's one of the ways how people can like handle like tragedies and stuff like this. Um, and it's kind of just, you know, I think it's he represents kind of like the the coping of some of the things that we dealt with, you know, with the bluegrass conspiracy and um, just the, you know, war on drugs in general. Um, But also he kind of just represents like this, this kind of like silly, like iconic, like piece Mm -hmm. of Kentucky that most people would just want to kind of forget about and not talk about, you know, it's just kind of a stain, but at the same time, it's like, that's kind of, it's kind of like counterculture, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like, well, let's just really bring this to the forefront and let's like talk about it because it opens, you know, it opens up for a lot of different uh, conversations to have about it. And it's not just in Kentucky either. Um, It's, it's all around the world. We've had people from uh, Canada. We've had people from the Netherlands. We've had people from Australia. I mean, really just literally some of the furthest places away from, Kentucky we've had people come to visit a lot of people uh you know they're gone a um a ridiculous um conspiracy tour and they stop in Lexington to see the cocaine bear and ask questions and take pictures I mean he's just kind of like a he's almost like his own tourist destination when people come through Lexington and they've heard about him um I mean I don't know how it's reached out so far but I know that it's been great for us and it's great that people know a story Yeah, I love that you mentioned he's a vehicle for communicating some kind of darker topics in a humorous Mm -hmm. way. And I know that I have a couple of friends. I moved to Lexington in 2014, and I have a couple of friends overseas where I used to live um, who are absolutely fascinated about the idea as well. Christian is currently wearing a cocaine bear t-shirt sold at Kentucky for Kentucky, and I've definitely bought a couple of those and sent them (laughs) overseas just to make people say, sorry, what? (laughs) And then they say, please explain this, and I'll send them the article that's on the Kentucky for Kentucky website. Definitely a popular figure. And I think part of that is because he just, like, there's something so humorous about humans being so obsessed with something and putting a high value on a substance like cocaine, like $15 million of cocaine. And the Mm -hmm. bear, he just don't care. (laughs) No, yeah, there's no dollar He's like, whatever, I'm just going to ingest this. Yeah, he's just walking through the woods. He's hungry. He's like, you know, this looks kind of cool. The river's too far away. So uh, I'll just give this a try. See how it happens. Not gonna I mean, it it does. You know, you were saying it's kind of like we put this high value on something like a substance, right? And then, you know, in the grand scheme of it, you know, Mother Nature doesn't pay attention to the dollar sign. Mm -hmm. So and then it's also kind of an ode to the impacts that we have like unknowingly, uh, and that we can have unknowingly on the environment, on animals, you know, just on nature in general. So it's kind of like a, like a back and forth, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we can hurt them, but then they can hurt us at the same time. Yeah. I was an environmental science student. So I love that connection. And I wondered if you have any conjecture or knowledge about what cocaine bears life was like before the incident. Well, um, I'd assume he was like any other old bear. Yeah. Um, Probably not quite Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) <laughs> but he was probably, uh, you know, he's probably just shifting around the ground, looking for roots, berries, um, going down to the river every now and again, fishing, hanging out with his other bear friends. Um, 
we don't really know sounds a whole like lot the about ideal it. life <laughs> yeah right i mean I, that's exactly how i would want to live Me if too. i had the choice easy day just hanging out in the forest eating berries catching up with my friends going down to fish every now and again not a bad life not, not bad. a bad life at all um but other than that he was uh, relatively young um but he was still uh you know a full-size black bear um he I mean, I, I'm not really sure about how they operate natively uh, in the Chattahoochee, but I mean, just as like any other bear, um, probably had a little family hanging out, no big deal, mind his own business, heads out into the woods and comes into contact with $15 million worth of cocaine. Crazy. When did Kentucky for Kentucky end up with cocaine bear? When did the whole search go down? Um, it it really was a like at the time frame of um, like kind of like the early to mid 2000s moving in, um, you know, to uh, 2010. They had really kind of been following it and trying to find out as much as they could about him and kind of like bring him in. Um, I believe that it was around, you know, the 2008 ish, 2009 ish period about the time that. Um, they would really like, okay, we're going to go and get this bear. And then as we opened up our storefront, that's when the bear came here. We got him in here on display and kind of really started to like emphasize like, Hey, come and see this bear, come and see this bear, you know, not just necessarily by the t-shirt, but it's also, you know, it's something interesting. It's something to like, look forward to. It's something to talk about, you know, the cocaine bear. Have you ever heard of it? And you know, it ends up bringing, like we said before, a lot of people in to see him. Mm Mm-hmm definitely a community building bear so i'm appreciative of him for that yeah yeah i'm i'm very sad that he did not get to live out his full bear life um and it seems like you know we can treat him super flippantly sometimes and that's part of sure yeah but i am super grateful for the function he plays just in bringing some humor to lexington and yeah being a vehicle for communication like you said yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have asked you a lot of questions about your expertise with cocaine bear, but I know that you have a life beyond the bear, probably. Um, just wanted to get yeah. a bit of background on you. How did you end up at Kentucky for Kentucky? Um, the bear so expert. I actually, yeah. Um, so I, um, I'm from the area. I'm from Winchester, Kentucky, which is right next to Lexington. Um, I joined the Marine Corps. I spent six years in the Marine Corps. When I got out of it, I learned how to train dogs. So I'd always kind of been like passionate about one community, two animals. So kind of getting the opportunity, like I said, I'd I'd been coming here since I was even in the military. I absolutely love this shop. Um, Getting into working here, it was like, well, I just started up college um, using my GI Bill. And I was like, well, I want a really cool place to work. Positions open here. I'm going to I really want to work here. I had applied a couple of other times. Um, and it just wasn't the right timing. So finally it was like, Hey, here we go. Going to start doing this. And then soon after that, I just started running the events. I was like, Hey, I love hanging out with people, love building the community, love telling the stories and just being really involved. So now I'm here talking with you. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you're doing what you love. Good to hear. I currently work at cup of Commonwealth, which is also a very community centered business and so anytime i hear people investing in their community i get very happy about that so we're going to talk a little bit oh yes absolutely Uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about cocaine bear after this short break Mm 
Welcome back to Lex Talk. I'm Bree, and today I'm talking with Christian Phillips from Kentucky for Kentucky, who is telling us the background of Cocaine Bear, also known as Pablo Escobar. So to give a little background for anyone who's tuned in late, um, the words of a retired medical examiner who performed Cocaine Bear's necropsy said that his stomach was literally packed to the brim with cocaine. There isn't a mammal on the planet that could survive that. Cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hyperthermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke, you name it, that bear had it. As we mentioned before, absolutely tragic, but Cocaine Bear, in his stuffed form, has become a community figure and has done a lot of good in his post-life life, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it that. So, as you said, Kentucky for Kentucky receives a lot of visitors to see Cocaine Bear. Do you have any other attractions, or what are some other Kentucky figures that Kentucky for Kentucky really focuses on? Um, we do actually have, um, it was uh, Eric C. Kahn. He was an individual that kind of, again, was caught up in some trouble, um, lots of money being taken, being lost. Um, he was a lawyer. Um, we actually have a a giant figure of him. I don't know. You might be able to kind of see him now. Um, Maybe. But we have him. We have like a, he's like eight, nine foot tall, sat on a billboard of, of two. We have one. The other person that owns it is Tyler Childers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Kentucky's the love of Kentucky. Um, so we kind of share that in common with him. Um, and we've got like some other pretty interesting stuff. We really focus a lot and do a lot of stuff with like Colonel Sanders because mm -hmm. he kind of also is like a, you know, Kentucky fried chicken. It's across the world. So we collect a lot of like Kentucky Sanders memorabilia, some really unique pieces. Um, and we sell like a, we sell some things that are kind of connected to that, like lineage, like some vintage stuff. Like not just do we sell like our, our own, you know, our own products we also have like some vintage stuff that we like to incorporate into like being able to provide out to the community and people who are just interested in it i mean you know kentucky's pretty cool in the fact that we have um you know colonel sanders and we're the you know called the horse capital of the world but the, you know mm -hmm. there's some other things that you can be interested in about kentucky um other than just like those kind of like mainstays like ev what everyone kind of knows us about so yeah, horses and um, bourbon yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're huge, huge fans of bourbon here. We're bourbon, right in the middle of bourbon country. We work with a lot of different companies and do that stuff. Um, really, we just try to be, I guess, like a holistic kind of Kentucky brand. Mm -hmm. Remember, the weirdest thing I have seen there is definitely the preserved horse turd. Um, weirdest thing other than cocaine bear um, but that had quite a hefty price on it. I was like, if you if you guys yeah. are selling those, that's that's a good business model. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, we, as uh, you know, for half the price, you can get a preserved KFC drumstick as well. Oh, same way. Wow, I didn't know. Um, yeah. And that uh, the preserved horse turd, I mean, it got us all sorts of accolades. We ended up on, you know, the front pages of a bunch of different like news organizations. A lot of different articles were written about it. I think it was also judged like the number one um, best Father's Day gift you could get. That is your so father. Funny. So um and it's from a horse he was a kentucky derby 1997 kentucky derby winner silver charm um and though there is a hefty price on the you item, say 1997 um, mm -hmm, yeah so somebody had preserved it before you guys got it uh no um no 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 he's uh, as far as i know he's still alive and well oh. he's at um 
he's at a, a, a they do like a farm here in Lexington that brings in like older racehorses and stuff and like gives them a good life. Um, and that's where actually the proceeds from the horse herd go to is that they're actually um, we don't really make any money off of it. The idea is, is that we contribute, you know, even though it's funny, we still contribute mm-hmm. to a part of the community that's, you know, part of Kentucky. We make sure that those racehorses are taken care of. Oh, I love that. And thank you for clearing up the mystery. Cause I was like, how on earth yeah. did they get that from 1997? <laughs> Who's been hoarding uh, we've been, these? We've been planning it for a long time. We've been planning yeah. it for a long time. This has been years in the making. No, mm-hmm. no, no. It was just kind of one of those things. It was like, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's see how it works. It's completely crazy. I mean, we've sold, you know, chicken bone earrings, just some really like kooky kind of crazy stuff. And, and people love it. It's unique. It's different. Um, and it's just some really off the wall stuff. I'm hearing you talk a lot about humor and community. What is Kentucky for Kentucky's mission? I mean, essentially just that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of like making making light of some things. You know, for instance, Colonel Sanders riding a chicken. It's one one of our iconic T-shirts. And, you know, it's kind of like taking things, putting them together and making them ridiculous and funny. But it's kind of like representing of, you know, of Kentucky, we have in Kentucky, we have like a special way of like identifying ourselves. Not very many other states in the United States do by I'm from this county, from this town mm-hmm. or, you know, vice versa. And that's something that's really unique to Kentucky. Like it's a very endearing thing about us. We care very much about our communities. And that's kind of, you know, where it comes out with here. It's a part of what we stand for is like giving back to our community, but it doesn't necessarily have to be hoity-toity and and dollar signs here and suits. It can be just as simple as like, you know, uh, a retail store that ships all around the world and can kind of like spread the word about how great Kentucky is. I really love that. Do you have any personal anecdotes of times that people have come in to see Cocaine Bear or to see the shop that stand out to you? Um, a couple. Um, probably we had one day that we, for some reason, we just noticed that like a bunch of people in motorcycles were kind of like driving by and like driving in and they would just come in for a second, look around and then leave. And we were like, well, what is going on here? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it was a nice day out. We get it. But for some reason, a lot of these people want to see cocaine bear. So finally I stopped one of them and I'm like, Hey, like we've had a couple other people come in here for this. What's going on. And he's like, well, we're on a, you know, on a, you know, bike riding tour. We're all getting on our motorcycles and we're driving like 600 miles from Michigan to Florida. And the idea is they were raising money, um, uh, for a charity and the idea is, is they had to get pictures with these three just super kooky crazy like random little destination items that kind of tie into um little conspiracies and oh, so, so cool. they were coming in taking the picture with them because they got like 300 extra points if they managed to like you know add an extra two hours onto their trip take the picture with cocaine bear and you know maybe buy a sticker of them to you know proof drive down uh back down to florida that is and super i was just cool. uh i mean and there were you know there are people from all over the united states and then we also had a couple people um you know that were just riding for good cause of the charity uh from you know other parts of the country especially canada we get a lot of folks from canada for some reason they love the bear i could see that something about <laughs> quirky quirky canadians loving quirky things about other states or other countries yeah yeah very cool Well, um, a couple quirky questions for you. 
Sure. If you had, okay, if you could talk to Cocaine Bear and ask some questions, what do you think Cocaine Bear's favorite song would be and why? Um, it would probably be, now I would say his favorite song would be Alan Jackson. Um, the, I know I can't remember the name of the song, of course, naturally. Sing it for us if you um, like. Yeah. Uh, way down yonder in the Chattahoochee, it gets harder than a hoochie coochie. I Amazing. think that would Very probably relevant. be his favorite song. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's talking about where the bear was at, where he's from. And I mean, it probably got, I mean, it was the middle of summer when all this happened. So it was probably pretty hot. I'm mm-hmm. almost convinced that song was written about cocaine bear, but I can't confirm or deny that. Ah, I see. Okay. I will try to track that down and play that for us at the end of the show. <laughs> So do you think, or has cocaine communicated to you, cocaine bear communicated to you, um, anything about cocaine bear's future? Um, You know, he was probably, he was really looking forward to um, living out his bear life with his bear family, but now he's kind of adjusted. I think Mm -hmm. some of the, you know, messages I get from him is that he's, uh, he kind of loves the fame. He loves the stardom. Um, He comes from humble roots, so he knows how to stay grounded but at the same time, he's like, hey, I like that other people are coming to see me and I'm, I'm getting to do this, you know, in the afterlife as opposed to just living my normal bear life. I mean, it's just, you know, maybe it's the celebrity that's kind of gotten to him. Mm-hmm. But I think he's 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 pretty it's, humble about it. I was going to ask if, if his ego went a little crazy or if he's staying humble. I mean, there for a little bit. I mean, there for a little bit. It takes a long time to digest all that cocaine. Yeah, right. So enough. he's still he's oh, poor buddy. He's uh. He had a little, he had a lot of gumption there for a while, but uh, he's really, he's kind of come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, obviously, you know, spiritually, but yes. physically. Yes. So if people are interested in learning more about the Bluegrass Conspiracy and Cocaine Bear, do you have any resources that you recommend? For sure, yeah. I mean, probably the best place to go to, to get a little like scrape off of it would be go and check out our blog. Um, there's another company um, or an, there's a the podcasting Kentucky for group Kentucky called- blog, right? Yeah, the Kentucky in. for Kentucky blog. Yeah, hop on KentuckyForKentucky.com, head over to our blog uh, and check out the Cocaine Bear kind of like brief overview. Uh, there was another group that did a podcast on it and, uh, and a blog um, excerpt uh, called Underground American. And they really give a whole lot of details about Cocaine Bear and how, you know, then they kind of scratch the surface on the other uh, conspiracies that were kind of tied in. But ultimately, just reading the Bluegrass Conspiracy, the book, it's probably the best way to get a good general knowledge of it. Um, and then there's another book called The Dark and Bloody Ground. It's another thing that kind of ties into um, a, a, a conspiracy that kind of like started getting involved in this kind of stuff. Um, so those are probably some of your best resources. And just, you know, Google, YouTube, mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about them. A lot of people talk about the Bluegrass Conspiracy, how it all kind of ties in. Yeah, like we are now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we have an insatiable desire to hear more about Cocaine Bear of the community. We just can't help it. There's just something we hate it, but there's we love something it. about him. I know, <laughs> quite addicting. Ironically, got- <laughs> I don't understand it. But. He's got uh, he's he's got quite a charm. He's got a lot mm-hmm. of charisma. He really does. He's really the life of the party. So you mentioned earlier that he's an excellent vehicle for communicating things in Kentucky's past. Why do you think it's important that we keep reviving? the past and look into the bluegrass conspiracy or just have an interest in maybe parts of Kentucky's past that people might feel like it doesn't affect them directly. Um, What's your, what's your personal opinion on that? 
I mean, just for anything, uh, like in regards to history, it's good to know where you came from, to know where you're at. Um, Mm, And even though sometimes you don't like the bad parts of it, the idea is, is that as time goes on, it gets more okay. So, you know, knowing that something like this happened kind of, you know, it gives us a, like, kind of gets us our our spider sense is tingling we're like hey like this is we're never completely safe from it so what can we learn from this to like do better with it um and how can we like just carry the what's the moral lesson here mm-hmm. right and so i think that's why it's important to kind of revive some of these things and really just bring them to the forefront because otherwise i mean sure you'd be none the better knowing the story but now that you know the story how can you kind of like take that laugh about it, but be like, Hey, like there were some probably pretty serious issues with uh, corruption and stuff. And why is it important that we know that now? Uh, and why was it important that we know that then? And, you know, we see stuff like that happening all around us and it's a strong community, which is kind of what Kentucky for Kentucky promotes and cocaine bear, you know, you know, indirectly promotes um, is what can hold groups like that accountable when bad stuff happens. So that's, that's probably a good reason to remember the whole bluegrass conspiracy and how all that uh, went down. I love, what did you say? You need to know your past to know where you're at now. Is that that quote? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to, you know, you have to be able to look back at your past to know where you're at now. If that's how you gauge, right? Like how far have you come? And obviously we've come, super far leagues and leagues and leagues ahead of where we were at that, you know, during that time frame. Um, you know, it's been almost 40 years, 50 ish years, you know, counting in the time before we knew what was going on. Um, and, you know, we see that we don't, I mean, we don't really deal with anything like that so much so that, well, that we know of now you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, you know, what, what are they going to know in 20 yeah. years? What's going to come out? Um, but hopefully Cocaine it's bear nothing have a friend. magnitude. Yeah, I hope not. There, you know, the cocaine crocodile, yeah. well, well, alligator, we're in America, um, yeah. you know, Somehow, is some there, Florida connection going on. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, what were those, the meth gators, something crazy. Oh my goodness, wait, was that a real um, thing? Yeah, that was a real thing for sure, and there was something recently about- That uh, is a tangent I really want to go down. <laughs> yeah, well, you might have to reach out to somebody in Florida, I don't know a gotcha. whole lot about that. Florida's like its own- <laughs> its own country um that's yes and then the there Australia was something of America. about yeah <laughs> it really is and there's something about um uh like cocaine hippos might want to check that one out that might be something to be fun to deep dive into somewhere in um in Mexico um Central America kind of where um hippos had become like addicted to cocaine so i had no idea that cocaine bear had this community and i'm laughing and feeling bad about it at the same time there's a lot of emotions going on yeah in this talk. It's, it's yeah a lot of mixed emotions mm-hmm. should i should i laugh should i not it's, yeah. it, it's obviously uh you know a bad thing but it kind of puts you know things kind of into perspective but really i'm just glad that um that he does have a community that he can kind of be able to relate to mm-hmm. very true <laughs> Um, your quote reminded me there's, uh, the Ig Nobel Peace Prize, the group that Mm -hmm. gives awards to, um, kind of funny science, um, kind of tongue in cheek, absurd science. Yeah. Uh, they have a quote that is uh, on their webpage that says, first make people laugh, then make them think. And I Mm -hmm. feel like if we're trying to dig into some deeper 
meaning behind cocaine bear and society i feel like that that really resonates with me that he makes yeah. us laugh and then he makes us think about you know the tragedy of his death and what led to that and human selfishness um and also community and what that what that means to have community brought together by an event like the bluegrass conspiracy mm-hmm. um, and then if we're not trying to dig in deeper to it he is just a an excellent humorous mascot who we all love yeah something about bears something about bears they're just so cute right Absolutely. you just know they're so dangerous but they're just so cute i've never understood that how we all I, I assume we all just want to hug a bear i've never met anybody who hasn't expressed that to me when well, asked and I mean, yet not wise no not wise but we do say that uh you can get a bear hug right mm-hmm. so maybe that's this something that's kind of switched in our heads like well i want to hug from a bear and not a bear hug from a person Hmm. um i don't know maybe maybe that's a stretch that's probably a stretch but um yeah i don't understand it either people just love them i don't know what it is i know i think they're super yeah. cute um but i know hey better always keep my distance for sure mm-hmm. i know that the teddy bear was named after teddy roosevelt originally mm-hmm. yeah and so before that i guess i mean maybe it was the advent of the stuffed bear i don't yeah know. um that's uh that's a really good point. I actually wrote a paper on bears um, and kind of like their history and how it ties into like Teddy Roosevelt and how, you know, across like different cultures of the world, how we like understand bears and how we've like incorporated them into our mythology and just our culture in general. Um, And that was really the advent of liking bears that kind of way was the teddy bear. It completely changed the culture towards, well, especially in America, um, change the culture towards bears being more cute mm-hmm. than they were just like, Hey, keep your distance. Um, some people thought of them kind of as pests because, you know, they root around, they can potentially kill livestock, but they like crops a little bit more. Um, bears don't have boundaries as we can tell with, uh, mm-hmm. Pablo Escobar, they don't really care. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those things that shifted around over the past couple of centuries. People have, change their approach to bears but i think that's kind of what helps with cocaine bears it wouldn't be as interesting if there wasn't like a certain cuteness factor that appealed Mm -hmm. to us and also that funny factor so it's kind of like two and one yes it's tragic but it's cute and it's ridiculous so it bounces out wow i thought i was going down a unrelated tangent and i was thinking about how i'm gonna have to bring it back (laughs) and turns out you wrote a paper about it that was an unexpected (laughs) excellent surprise when when did you write that and for what purpose Um, so I am also, I'm in college right now, um, and I'm studying psychology, but part of that is uh, transitioning my dog training into animal psychology. And so it was, a it was, uh, animal studies course and we had to read, you know, these two books and write, um, you know, what we had learned from them and then kind of compare the two animals. Um, and I did a bear and I did a moose and which is, you know, they're next really tied to Teddy Roosevelt the bull moose party, the teddy bear. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I was just super interested. I've always really liked both of the animals. Uh, I'd been out West a couple of times, got to see moose and got to see um, the grizzly bear and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, let's write this paper and find out what I can about them. I think that just adds to your credentials as an expert to talk to about (laughs) cocaine bear. I didn't know that you were also writing papers about the subject. So yeah, thank you for your expertise. And of course, of course. It's yeah. a pleasure. 
I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to thank Cocaine Bear, who's still in the background of the screen, the Zoom screen there. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. For sure. Yeah, it's not a problem. Happy to be here. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk with me. And hopefully everyone just gets uh, gets a pretty good idea of what Cocaine Bear is. And they're a little more knowledgeable walking mm-hmm. away from it, for sure. And what he's all about. All exactly. Right. Yeah. You've been listening to Lex Talk. This is Bree Stanley. I've been talking to Christian Phillips from Kentucky for Kentucky about Cocaine Bear. Tune in next week at 2 p.m. Thursday to hear about another unique Lexington legend, fact, or an answer to a commonly asked question. Thanks for tuning in.